0: welcome to ask the dean my name is dr ryan gray and i'm the co-founder of mapt i'm joined every week by rachel grubbs the other co-founder of mapt who has 20 years experience in the pre-med and test prep world and by dr scott wright former executive director of tmdsas and former director of admissions at ut southwestern medical school ask the dean is a weekly q a we do live exclusively for our mapt members and this podcast is a recording of that session so that everyone can benefit from that knowledge. We had a big update to mapped today more kind of back end stuff to to make sure that once we open up the floodgates things don't hit a brick wall but one one cool feature that we finally got in there was that students can start adding their own classes so that's a a, a nice little feature that we needed. Rachel talk about why We just don't let students enter whatever they want for courses.
1: Yeah. So we want to standardize the data as much as we can. And it's it's a couple things. So part of it is long-term. We think that's actually going to save you guys time, right? Because it's a lot easier and better to type part of a course name and just have the real thing pop right up so you can pick it and go, yeah, that's it. But it's also because... Long-term, what we want to do is help you guys make the transition from mapped into your application services, and we want to make sure that when when that's happening that we're picking courses that we have found and verified in the course catalog. Now, that's not the same as the application services actually verifying you, but we're trying to make it so that the data you're entering is as close to right as possible. and then ultimately, what we hope it will do too is pay forward to future users. So if we see the same premeds over and over picking the same chem and bio and physics classes, then um, you know future students from your school they're going to say, "Hey, I went to UF and type in chem, and it's going to go. Did you mean chem 2053? Or I don't know if that's the right number, but it's going <laughs> to you know immediately pop up and go. I bet you took this course. Is this the one?" Um, so we hope it'll help you guys who are helping us, you know, beta test who have taken this lovely chance on us as a pre-orders, but continue to pay for it more and year, year after year. So the system yeah. just gets more and more streamlined, easier and easier to use.
0: Yeah. I don't know if either of you have used And, and if you're listening to this, watching this used any sort of like uh, diet tracking meal, tracking apps, like I'll, I'll go to add like a, a half a can or a half a cup of black beans And I look up the brand, and there's, like, 500 entries from the same brand, from the same beans. And they're all off by, like, one calorie or 10 10 grams of carbs. Like, they're all different. Like, how is this not standardized? So it's always so frustrating. So when we started thinking about this, I'm like, no, we have to standardize this. Oh. I'm excited. Um, Hopefully this week as we're recording this, we're going to let in a few hundred more people. Um, That's the plan. Uh, So stay tuned. Uh, We we have some work to do uh, until then, but things are moving. Things are moving. I'm excited. Moving and shaking. And I was working on some algorithms. I I don't know if either of you had a chance to look at those uh, Word docs yet or those uh, Google docs yet. But I, I thought we would start easy right an easy like with the mcat uh because students once we know the start date of medical school we can go hey the ideal time to take the mcat is between september so so let's assume 2025 is the start date of medical school we can say hey try taking the mcat somewhere between september and april september of 2023 and april of 2024 right this is a very general timeline that a lot of students use and and Rachel, I want your MCAT expertise to to weigh into these algorithms too, um, and so we can say you can take it later, but here are some issues, and and so on and so forth, and really give the feedback on why we recommend taking it during that time, etc. So ah, that's the fun stuff; the juices are flowing. All right. Um, We have any questions yet? Oh, so here's a MAPS question. Is there a secondary feature in mapped? So right now, all of the secondary questions are still on the medicalschoolhq.net website. Um, We actually need to go through an update for 2020 as as those secondaries have come out. A lot has changed. Um, So... Uh, honestly, right now, go to Reddit, go to SDN, and, and follow the school-specific threads for the most up-to-date secondaries, um, and we'll get those updated on the Medical School HQ website. And then, yes, uh, in the school list option, there will be the secondaries in there as we go. And just know, right, those, those are manually updated every year, unfortunately, uh, schools. And maybe we develop relationships with schools, and they give, us, uh, they give them to us early um, but we'll, we'll see about that.
2: Whew.
0: all right. Got a, any questions yet? Is it fine to disclose your religious denomination in a secondary essay mm. to Christian or non-Christian schools? Interesting.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, uh, I had a lot of, uh, you know, obviously when you're an admissions officer at a medical school, you read a lot of applications and read a lot of essays and, uh, this is not an uncommon uh, concern for students and question that students have in my, in my uh, experience. And I think it is fine to, to disclose what your religious background is within the context of understanding that your reader doesn't know who you are. They're trying to figure out who you are. And your reader may have a different religious background, they have no religious background, so you want to be careful in terms of how you talk about um, what religion means to you and how that affects your interest in going into medicine. Uh, because you wanna, you wanna be careful not to, I'm not dissuading you from being open about who you are, but I am saying you just need to recognize that your reader's coming from a different standpoint uh, in, in many cases. They may be a different denomination. If it's a Christian denomination, they may be a totally different religion or, as I said, no religion at all. They may be, you know, an atheist or 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 whatever. So you have to keep that in mind and keep in mind that they will be reading this, trying to figure out what are your motivations for going into medicine? One of the concerns that some uh, admissions committee members uh, will have is, is your effort to go into medicine, a proselytizing effort. Uh, are you going to be trying to uh, with your patients do other than medical things uh, when you're once you're practicing medicine? And this may not be a big issue, but it it is uh, sometimes in the mind of readers, uh, particularly if you're very strong and there's a lot of religiosity in your application. Uh, and I'm not talking about participating in activities and doing things like that, but I've read application essays where the applicant said, God told me to be a, a doctor. God instructed me to that this is my pathway and this is what I should do. And, and that's a little strong, I think. I think many people who uh, don't come from the same uh, religious background, maybe that you're coming from, uh, wouldn't understand that at all. And that may scare them. It may, uh, question, they may question, what does that mean? How is that going to affect you both as a medical student and ultimately as a physician? So I would say, proceed with caution, Uh, be yourself, be uh, exactly uh, let the people in the, on the admissions committees know what are things that motivate you, but just be aware that they don't know you. They don't, they can't sit there and necessarily talk to you until the interview. uh, And you want, you don't want to provide any red flags that will cause them to uh, question whether or not you would be a good fit in medicine in general or at their school specifically.
0: Yeah, I think there's, there's a, a risk, especially right now. There seems to be, and obviously this is more Facebook, uh, social media directed, but it seems that a large majority of like the anti-mask and everything going on right now with COVID-19, a lot of them are very, very, very religious people, mm-hmm. right? And, and very early on, like, aren't you scared of COVID? No, I have the blood of Jesus on me. And yeah. so if if that that is the kind of stuff and not to say that those people are wrong, but that's the kind of stuff that you have to keep in mind when you are writing your essay to go, this is the picture of what religion kind of is right now. Right. And it, it does that in, in the admissions committee's mind, does that potentially benefit me or hinder me? Mm-hmm. And so just keeping that in mind on kind of what the the kind of tone of religion is in this country right now, uh, yeah. and, or at least what, what the media portrays it to be, especially with what's going on with COVID and the
2: pandemic and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay, we have a kind of interesting one. It's long. It's in two parts. So yep. <laughs> part one.
0: <laughs> All right. Part one. Hey, everyone. Sorry to start the show with a rather intricate intricate question but i really need some help so the doctor of a clinic i volunteer at has been under investigation by the dea now the doctor let me know the prosecutor chose not to proceed with the case and dropped it but the detectives still want to have the doctor charged also this doctor is going up in front of our state's medical licensing board in a few months because of a complaint was filed against her license
1: okay part two
0: part two My question is, should I continue to volunteer there? I have learned so much from this doctor, and in my heart I feel they aren't guilty of anything they have been accused of. But at the same time, I don't want to be tied up in anything that could hurt my chances at medical school.
2: Wow. Woo. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, my initial reaction to that is I don't think there's a reason not necessarily to continue to – Volunteer there. Uh, my my my, and my feeling is that th- there's a, a lot of richness here that can go into uh, an essay uh, about what you learned about medicine and what you learned about practicing medicine. That this is important stuff, and that the government is is uh, keeping uh, doctors uh, accountable. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've all seen played out in front of us the opio- opioid crisis, where doctors and pharmacists have been. Charged and in some cases imprisoned because of their unethical and illegal activities, and and I think there's some a richness here to uh, to talking about what you learn through not just volunteering there about their patient interactions and 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 how patients were doing and how the doctor related to them and all, all the medical stuff, but there's a richness here in terms of what you learn uh, about these other issues that. That doctors have to deal with on on a, on, a, on a you know perhaps daily basis in terms of practicing medicine so yep. um, I, I love the idea of of what you've learned out of all this I mean it's fascinating if I was a <laughs> if I was a reader of an application and I saw this in an essay I would be like man <laughs> I, I want to sit down and talk to this student I want to hear more so you, you like gossip don't you <laughs> yeah well I obviously you don't want to uh, you you don't want to um Divulge who the doctor is in 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 an essay so you know you'd you have to be careful you you don't want to spread rumors about a particular physician that they would be able to connect that to so you'd have to be very careful in terms of it would in terms of how you would approach it in your essay uh or 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 whatever but um you know I think that um if you've learned a lot at this, at this, in this experience volunteering, then I think that's great. Uh, if this is obviously your only experience volunteering, then I think you need other experiences too with other yeah. physicians to see how their practice runs and how they practice medicine. And, 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 and then you would get a greater context for not only understanding what this doctor was accused of and how you felt about that, but also just in terms of their practice of medicine in general. Ryan, what are your thoughts about, about
0: this? (sighs) In this country, country, innocent until proven guilty, right? Yes. Um, but it, it's not the normal occurrence for detectives to be hanging around the doctor's office, and for people to go to the state board to have their license looked at. Right. So it's unusual. Yeah. In, in in my mind, there's something sketchy going on. Uh, whether it's still legal but super sketchy, um, I, I and and. Right. I, I've watched legal uh, TV shows, so I, I'm basically a lawyer right now. Um, <laughs> so, so, right, the 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 prosecutor dropping the case or not pursuing charges doesn't mean anything. It just means that they, in their mind, don't think they can win that battle. Um, and so it doesn't mean that they're not guilty or whatever. Yeah. Um, Basically, in in my mind, if you can find someone else to shadow and get some experience, I probably would um, and, and don't go down with that ship. Uh, it's maybe it's a good experience on what not to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And obviously you have built a relationship with this person or the student has built a relationship with this person. And, and so it's hard to kind of separate yourself, right? right? You hear whenever there's a tragedy and people are like, Oh, I never knew that person could do that thing. Well, no, because you, you look through a different lens, um,
1: Right. So it's
0: it's hard to separate those feelings from yeah. from Good seeing point. and and you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes and if it's mm-hmm. if they're they're double billing or w- whatever they're doing potentially illegal I don't know but uh, yeah it's very interesting yeah ba- basically our- at the end of the day it's shadowing this person or volunteering with this person whatever you're doing likely for the for like as as much as possible is not going to hurt you in for application to medical school. No, Nobody's right. going to go how could you volunteer for that person? You must be guilty by association, right? Yeah, they they're not going to yeah, go that far.
2: No. no exactly.
0: Non-traditional student here. Hello, non-trad. My divorce played an integral role in my decision to change my course to medical school. Is there a way to bring this up without raising too many red flags? Obviously not planning to speak ill of my former partner. <laughs> yes, that's good. Don't speak ill uh, yeah. of, of former people. Um, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I mean, I think what medical schools, it, it depends a little bit on what the context is for what you're dis- where you're discussing this. Yep. Um, if it's a, a secondary essay about difficult circumstances, then that would make total sense to me that the that the divorce was difficult and that you really learned a lot through experiencing that, etc. So I, I could see you know you talking about it within that context and 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 particularly if it's in your uh, personal statement, if that's what motivated you. Are, are partially what motivated you to, to as you put change the course of your life and go into uh, medicine then you have to talk about it. you know that's yeah. the seed that we talk about uh, in part that that really is a is a chief sort of uh, is part of the chief genesis for why you're doing this and what's going on especially since you're a, a, a non-traditional student, Potentially, I, I would guess maybe a second career student who's changing careers completely. They're really going to want to know what 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 is it that went on that really caused you to go through this. And and I think you can do that in a in a in an appropriate way, without, as you said, trashing your partner and uh, and, yeah. and do that in a way where you learned a lot and you really and this is what kind of led you to sort of turn over new leaves in your life, etc. So I would encourage you to. To, to do that. This is the kind of thing that admissions committees really want to know more about. And it makes you, in my view, what I like to say is what they're looking for is three-dimensional people. Uh, they want to see that there are many dimensions to you as a person and that this is part of who you are, That in particular, that led you into, into going uh, down the route of medical school.
0: Quarantine is making me more three-dimensional Yes. <laughs> all, all this eating I'm doing and not I know. <laughs> more more three-dimensional.
2: Is that um, why you were on the diet apps uh, that you mentioned earlier? No,
0: no, I need uh, to
1: be on the diet <laughs> apps
0: and I don't use them. need to be. My concern when I hear this is, and I see it a lot, which is why it kind of triggers me a little bit to, to talk about this, is a lot of times people will try to tie together – an event to why they want to be a doctor. And when I read it, I said, these two, like they, they don't go together and you're trying to force them together to say this. My divorce led me to want to be a physician. Well, why? Right. That whole reflection right. and, and all right. of that. Right. Well, I was in a point where I was just lost and didn't know what to, to do with my life. So I wanted to be a doctor again, yeah. like that, like that, those kinds of relationships don't, that those don't go together. Don't so make sense. Yeah, you really have to make sure that, why you're choosing medicine makes sense. And so yeah. obviously if there was a part of the divorce that plays into that, um, right. And kind of being tongue in cheek, right. Uh, yeah, a, a little joking. Cause that's my nature is like, Oh, like I'm getting a divorce. Because my wife cheated on me with a physician, and I'm like, and now I want to be a doctor so that my next wife won't leave me, right? That obviously that doesn't make sense either, but uh, just just poking fun. But you you have to you have to really figure out why physician from that story, yeah, and yeah. and make sure because I I see this all the time with students is they. They try to show, oh, my divorce shows resilience, and so I really need to tell that story in my personal statement. And that's being resilient is is a good trait of being a physician, and therefore I should be a doctor, right? And just students try to make these connections that just make no sense. And and it's just at the right. end of the day, I'm done reading it, going, okay, so why do you want to be a doctor? Um, so just be careful with that. Oh, I graduate college in December, and that's when I plan to start gaining some clinical experience as a caregiver slash CNA. I plan to apply next cycle. Will the fact that I started clinical experience five months before submitting my application be a red flag? Scott, this is what MAPS is for.
2: Yeah, this is exactly what (laughs) MAPS is for. So so MAPS would be,
0: I'm planning to start medical school in 2022, which means you're applying in 2021. And MAPS would go, Ding ding ding! Like you have no clinical experience yet. What's going on? It's
2: it's a red flag. So the first thing that really, and, and I agree with you, Ryan, that this is this is the very thing that that mapped would 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 uh, raise as an issue, uh, and, and and try and seek to guide the student to to doing those things. And and, and in my mind, what this the, what this question hollers out to me is that this student is trying to check a box. Uh, that's, what that, it,
0: that's what it looks like on the back end.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, right. That, you know, you, 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 you've obviously wanted to be a doctor for a long time and didn't feel the necessity to get any clinical experience, to do mm-hmm. anything, to, to check, to, to see that your motivations were pure, to make sure that this is a pathway you really want to go down, to make sure that you understand what medicine is really all about. And so five months before it, you're like, oh, well, I better check this box so that I can make sure the admissions committee won't think I'm a flake or something. Yep. And so that that I think could be an issue. I, I think, yes, that the, the, the exactly. answer to your question is I think it could be a red flag.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and obviously there are lots of reasons why students don't get clinical experience early, right? Maybe they have to work to support family and that work is outside of clinical experience and with classes and work and taking care of family. They, they, they yes, don't have time absolutely. to juggle it all. But that's kind of why gap years were invented, right? To, yeah, to spend yeah. that time. And And my concern when I hear this is, wow, like you've gone this far and you haven't really truly... Tested whether or not you want to be a physician.
2: Yeah,
0: it's just this this idea in your head, this romanticized idea of like one day I'm going to be a doctor. I Don't really know why I do that. Say that because I haven't really put myself around patients. Um, but they've but, been
2: binging Gray's Anatomy yeah, for but, years. But Great, j- just like my lawyer shows, right? Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm a lawyer now. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that that's my biggest question. And yes, right at the end of the day. Uh, it looks like you're checking the box, whether you're yeah. you're meaning to check that box or not. That's what it looks like, yeah. Um, and and exactly why mapped is there, so we can warn students uh, early and often, yeah. so they don't fall into that trap.
2: Yeah. exactly.
0: On the topic of religiosity, uh, I served as a proselytizing mission in texas from 2015 to 2017 but also volunteered at homeless shelters food banks etc for a couple hundred hours while there would those service hours be looked upon any differently if reported in the context of a religious mission Ooh, interesting
2: well so uh particularly since i have a lot of experience in texas and we get in my, and this is an assumption and I'm going to put this out there. This is an assumption.
0: We that, know what those have, what those.
2: Do. I know, I know. <laughs> but if it's true, you know, that that this is probably a Latter-day Saint student who goes on their two-year mission to do, you know, their thing while they're, while they're in, uh, in uh, college and that while they're, and, and we see this a lot, uh, you know, um, I've seen this many, 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 many times. It's, it's not unusual. Uh, I would say that's not a problem. Uh, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that you um, reached out while you were doing your mission to do uh, volunteer work and at food banks and, and other things. That's encouraging that, that you really have a heart for. People and that you know helping people is is the main motivation for wh- why you're wanting to go into medicine. So I, I don't think that um, I don't think that this is going to be a problem. I, I mean, I think as long as the admissions committee or the reader of your application is clear that there is a separation between the two, that your proselytizing mission is for the purpose of uh, talking to people about your religion, about your, uh, experience in, in, in your religious context, but that the, the other section of, of, of that you're doing is outside of that is through the the food bank and through whatever other activities you were doing, that that was not, you know, that the two were not necessarily connected. And I'm not suggesting necessarily that we can totally separate ourselves from, you know, these things and, and kind of block off one section of our life and, then do something else. And, and I don't think admissions committees expect that that will be the case. But what so in, in answer to your question, in my experience, no, I don't think that it will be an issue. Uh, we see a lot of applicants who not only in terms of due to your mission, but they go on mission trips to various parts of the world and they, you know, they go on, uh, uh, they go, you know, they do things within the context of their uh, religious experience Through, you know, many food banks, many uh, uh, free clinics are religious-based clinics or are religious-based food banks, such as Salvation Army or other things. And so I I don't think it's as clear cut as I meant to probably uh, suggest uh, earlier, but I think in the...
0: well, let's, Scott, let me reframe it a little bit, because I, yeah. I think the question is a little bit different from that, and, and I'll add a little bit more context from some other students who, who I've talked to. So I, I potentially think the question more is 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 not from the religious standpoint, but because I'm doing these activities as part of the church, or... Let me add more context to, to frame it differently. For student athletes in school, a lot of times philanthropy is built into being a student athlete and they go mm-hmm. and they do lots of extracurricular activities and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If if I'm doing these activities because I'm a student athlete or because I'm part of a sorority or fraternity and it's part of, of what we do, does that take away from, right? Do you give me less credit for what I'm doing because it's kind of mandatory, I think that's where that question was leading to
2: well, okay, so I would say two things about that. Number one is, I don't think that that would be necessarily sufficiently clear to an admissions committee mm-hmm. uh, that that the activities that you participated in uh, were mandatory because you were in because you were a varsity athlete or because you were um, because what? you know, what you're going to be, t- what they're looking for is, is this talking about meaning that you gain from those experiences. It's not necessarily that because I'm an adversity athlete, we all went to some children's hospital and passed out footballs uh, or, you know, pom-poms or what, whatever. Uh, what we're what, what the admissions committee is looking for, that's great, but what they're looking for is what, so what? H- you know, who cares that you did that? What, what did you gain out of that experience? What did you learn from that experience? That's the that's the real substance that the that the committees are looking for, and and I think the same thing uh, applies in this case, uh, whether whether the uh, volunteering at the homeless shelters, food banks, et cetera, was a was a mandatory part of what you were doing, or whether it was not. What you what you're really what we're really looking for is so what a lot of people volunteered at homeless shelters a lot of people do food banks you know there's tons of applicants in the in the applicant pool that do all those things what difference did it make to you what was the impact of this on you and on your goal of being in medicine and serving uh serving other people that's the key
0: yeah i watch um have you ever watched the good place scott I've watched it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's really good show. It's so good. We, we, we binged it binge <laughs> when, when you have kids and jobs and stuff. Binging is like one episode a night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we, that was our nightly TV show for, for a few weeks. and, Right at the end of the day, the the algorithm basically: Do you get into heaven or do you not? Is is what were the intentions behind the act? And yeah. it, and I think the kind of what you're getting to is is really from the admission standpoint. Uh, right, everyone's intention is is kind of ill conceived. Right, I want to get into medical school, so I'm right. doing all of these things. So right. so everyone's intentions are kind of not the best sure. anyway. So it's just because you have to do it for for whatever purpose, whether it's church or sports or or uh, whatever uh, Greek yeah. life, then yeah, yeah. it's what are you making of it? Yeah. I- even after that. Yeah, absolutely. That's the key. That's <laughs>
2: yep. the that's the key.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad I got my uh, my good life reference in. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make it a thing. Every episode I need a good life reference.
2: The good <sighs> place. I thought it was the
0: good. Oh, place. the good place. The good place. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You've obviously binged it quite
0: a bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, season season
2: four. I think it's coming out on
0: Netflix. I'm going to have to start binging weeks.
2: it. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Uh, that yeah. that reminded me I need to do that. Yeah.
0: It season 1 was great and then it hit hit a lull and then it, it picked back up. It was
2: much better. Yeah, good. All right.
0: What what else we got?
2: Oh, there's quite a few over here. <laughs>
0: I think Rachel's talking, but we can't hear because she's not on the stream.
1: Well, I tried. (laughs) Uh, We have a question in our private chat. I didn't want to. Oh, yeah. Let me ask that one. Yeah,
0: I saw it. I, I forgot it was there. Um, so a student is asking, I lost my scribing job in March due to COVID and finally got another job this past month, but it is not medically related or medical related. I am a post paying for my classes and this opportunity is great financially, but I worry it will look bad to have a non-medical job. Is there a way to work this to my advantage?
2: Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, if you if you look at... You know, and again, I don't. I don't suggest that students, you know, ponder the uh, the double AMC um, uh, personal characteristics and and competent core competencies. You know, endlessly. But I do think knowing a little bit about them is valuable. And and I think if you look at those core competencies, they're not all just medically related competencies. These are human competencies. These are competencies that we want to see in people that we interact with, that we want to see in our friends and family members. There are things like compassion and, and ethical standards and things like uh, communication skills and interpersonal skills. And, and, and so I think these can be expressed in, in ways outside of medically related jobs. So I, I so I definitely think that there's a richness in being able to talk about those things in the work that you've done, whether it's a medically related job or not, you can talk about how uh, I experienced this, you know, event in, in my work and it really f- focused me on a particular character trait that I really want to talk about. And that's important to me. And that I think will be valuable in medical school and, and eventually as a physician. And, and, and really, I think that uh, we can learn these types of things through a variety of experiences in our lives. Uh, so i don't think that you're um it's it's certainly not going to look bad uh COVID has done uh, a lot of bad things to a lot of a lot of the population of the united states and and we have talked about this many times on this on this uh, 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 on the, Ask the Dean, uh broadcast in terms of medical schools are very aware of and, and a lot of medical schools are asking about this specifically in their secondary uh, application uh, essays. They're wanting to know how has COVID affected you. And so here's a very chief way of you saying uh, I had a job as a medical scribe that ended with COVID. I had to find another job because financially I'm, I'm on my own. Here's, here's what I was able to find. And here's the things that I've really learned uh, both in terms of my medical scribing, but also in this new job. And it's, it's not going to be like, oh, well, we're throwing her out. You know, she doesn't have any experience or whatever. Um, she should have looked harder for another medical related. No, it's not going to work that way. I think there's going to be a whole lot of room, to, of wiggle room involved in this application cycle with, with the effects of COVID uh on on uh, on the on the applicant. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry. Certainly it's not going to look bad and I think if anything the way that you talk about it uh could be a very positive thing.
0: Yeah. And and remember mm-hmm. that the what you choose to do for work to pay the bills while that doesn't have to be medically related you should and can still be doing things on the side, yeah. Whether that's some volunteering in the ED once every couple of weeks or whatever that looks like, yeah. um yeah. There are those opportunities as well. Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. And by the way, let me just highlight, uh if I may, uh, Ryan. You may. Uh, I'll, my, I, I will. I will. My uh, weekly blog on oh, yeah. the uh, Mapped website. I, I uh, write a weekly blog, and this week it, it comes out every Wednesday. It's called. Wednesday wisdom—it's a little, you know, w- wisdom. Yeah, maybe. So uh, we, uh, but uh, this week's blog uh, entry that w- will be put up this coming Wednesday is about COVID, and it's about how we're reacting to COVID as a uh, as a society, but also as individuals. And so I encourage you to read the blog, read the blogs each week. I think they're pretty good. But you know, there it is, right there. Uh, last week was on ethical. Uh, Last week was about symbolism, and then we've had one about ethics and then a variety of others. And so just uh, check those out uh, at your leisure. Uh, They take really literally about five minutes to read. They're not long. Uh, They're very easy to read, but they raise uh, questions, which is my intention. Uh, They raise questions, and and they always end with a call to action. What what does this mean? I challenge you to do, do something at the end of the blog each week. Uh, that potentially will help you in your uh, experiences. So, so this uh, week's about COVID.
0: G- hey, hey, Rachel, I'm adding you to the stream. Um, I, I think we should have Scott turn those into little podcasts. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, great. we can do yeah. that.
2: For sure. I think so. Good. Yeah, All right. that'd be awesome. Done. All right, <laughs> Woo-hoo. more
1: podcasts. It's
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: never enough. <laughs> and actually, that reminds me of a moment in the Good Place when the judge is like walking away. It's like one of those walkaway jokes, and I, I won't like no spoilers. I promise. But as she's walking away from the conversation, she puts on her headphones and she goes. There's millions of podcasts and they just keep coming.
2: <laughs> so good. And that's just from Ryan.
0: <laughs> Ouch. I have a problem, okay? I'm seeking help. Oh,
1: so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, next question.
0: I have already applied this year, but taking the MCAT on 814 due to several COVID-19 cancellations, my MCAT score was steadily increasing in the 500s with my blueprint test, formerly Next Step Test Prep. But I recently took two AAMC tests with improvements, but were drastically lower, under 500s. Mm. Uh, the next available date, 9-3, mm. any advice on what to do? I, I'm mm. trying to figure out the score. So MCAT scores were increasing in the 500s to WMC tests with improvements, but were drastically lower, under 500s. How is that with improvements? Yeah, I don't get that I'm confused. Hard, yeah. Maybe compared to their old double AMC tests? That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, maybe so. Rachel, is that what you assume?
1: Yeah, that's also how I read it. Like maybe those were retakes.
0: Yeah, so retakes is always the question mark, right? How long ago did you take the test and is that a, a, a standardized score because if it's a retake of a practice test or if it's like I took full length one, full length two and did not so good. I took full length three and four. I did better but still under 500. Yeah. So, um, I mean, my... Rachel, you're the MCAT expert, but my general response to this is you're not ready to take the test.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, that that was my gut read too. I stayed on camera because I figured I was going to be chiming in on this one. I know that's really, like, it's a hard thing to hear when it's August and we're coming to the end of an application cycle. Um, I don't think all hope is lost, but this is, this kind of wild swings. I mean, you didn't, to, to the person asking, you didn't give specifics. So we could be wrong because we don't, Have all the data. But if you're swinging as far as, say, 506 to 496, then the first thing I think you need to do is be looking at if those swings are specific to sections. Um, And you mentioned you're taking blueprint exams. I don't know if it's still up, but they used to have on the blueprint website, somewhere on their MCAT blog, a really helpful article that was like, How do I know if I'm ready? And it actually helps you break down your recent full length exams by section and sort of do try to take the emotion out of it and do a mathematical assessment. So um, I would definitely go search their blog and see if that's still there. Um, it probably is because I feel like they've kept all that stuff archived. Yeah. Um, and um, that might help you come to a decision with a little less emotion. Um, and then Maybe for this person who's asking or maybe for other people, this is part of why we advise whenever possible that you get your MCAT done before you actually submit, submit send on applications because what you want to avoid is being in this exact position. And I know COVID made it worse. Hey, we yeah. found it. Am I ready to take the MCAT part one? And there's a part two also. Yeah. Um, but it just sort of walks you through. You know, obviously ignore your diagnostic, ignore a full length you took three months ago. But if you look at your last four or five full lengths by section, that starts to give you a better sense of the pattern of your success. Um, and I guess what I would also say to this person who's probably thinking, but I don't know if I'm ready to give up, I might still want to take it in either 11 days or reschedule to September 3rd. Make sure you are spending twice as long reviewing your practice tests as you're spending taking them. Doesn't sound to me like you need to take any more tests right now. I think what you need to do is a lot of test review where you are checking every question, whether you got it right or wrong, and making a note of the pattern. So if I got it right, why? What was the key takeaway? If I got it wrong, did I narrow down to two and guess wrong? Did I have no clue? Did I make a sloppy mistake? You need to try to find some patterns and then work on improving from those patterns. Yeah,
0: that, that's a very long-term future uh, thing that I would love built into Mapped is doing MCAT full length review and going <laughs> yes. like we we would probably know what the right answers are so it doesn't really matter so question one right or wrong right why'd you get it right and have have a lot of breakdown and notes and, and we can give some good data from that so might be uh, interesting for the future um, yeah I, I'm just I, I would number <clears throat> one I, I probably would without a doubt reschedule to september 3rd because uh, right I now agree. double amc is, has waived at least as far as i know has waived all their rescheduling fees and all that stuff so reschedule it's not going to cost you anything um i would rather you have a, a 505 scored out uh mid uh, mid september than a, uh uh a, a 500 or 498 scored out at the end of august so yeah Um, push that back, keep, keep chugging along. And, and if, if you need to pull the plug for this cycle, pull the plug. Uh, I, I wouldn't go down the path. What, what, um, is known as, uh, sunk costs, the fallacy of sunk costs. I, I think it's the exact term fallacy of sunk costs where you, in your brain, you, you've, you've determined, well, I've already applied, right? So I've already paid that money. I've already worked towards that. Therefore, I should probably just take the MCAT, right? That, that logic, the lo- that logic of sunk costs usually leads to just worse outcomes. So mm-hmm. separate yourself from having already applied and go, am I ready to take the MCAT or not? That's the only yeah. question you're asking yes. yourself reg- yes. regardless of applying.
2: Agreed.
1: And good luck.
2: And yeah. Good luck. luck. Yes. Best wishes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We sure hope it works out for you. <clears throat> all right. Next question. Well, this I'm is a nice huge
0: fun. fan of the sunk cost stuff. <laughs> I see it's in it
1: so many aspects of your yeah, life. You already spent that money. You already made that decision for good or ill. Um, they even touch on it in Frozen too. What's the next right thing I can do?
0: That's that's exactly <laughs> it. I <really> love that. <laughs>
2: I love it.
1: Man, we're really into Kristen Bell around here.
2: <laughs> I've never seen Frozen 2 and I've never seen Frozen 1.
1: Well, you what? have some catching up to do, Scott. What?
2: Sorry. But he I'm doesn't just... have
1: four year olds in his life like you and I do. Wasn't that no. in, our, in, in his employee contract? <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait. I really want to put this question up because it's a good one. Here we go. <laughs>
0: I was doing counseling slash social work, but I got very sick, and this gave me the aha moment of doing medicine. I still work with this population of high-risk women and plan on continuing working with this population. Should I include some of my social work experience in my personal statement and this shift in type of care because it has shaped me so much? It's a slam dunk for me, Scott.
2: Go for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is the this is the uh, this is the good stuff. This is what you want to talk about. Absolutely.
0: Who you are and how did you get to where you where you are? And so, so it's this is a confusing part, and I'll I'll clarify it because a lot of students get confused by this, uh, especially after reading my book, um, which I didn't think was confusing. But uh, so this this whole seed um, kind of example that I give the the metaphor that I give is. One where students think that the seed has to be what led me to being a physician, and I always have to clarify, say, no. The seed in general is healthcare, and so for this person, her seed is her social work, her clinical, yeah. um, her uh, whatever that other word was, the the social work. So mm-hmm. that that's her seed. And then, obviously, something else happened, and and then she had the aha moment, and she reflected back on what she was doing, and was like, "I I need more. I need I need more education and more impact, and uh, I need to broaden my my horizons." So, yeah, definitely, it's a huge part of of your journey. So, I think it goes in. Yeah, yeah, and another very common mistake is just to to put it out there is a lot of students will focus on why not the social work right? versus why I want to be a physician. They'll focus on all the, the stuff that social work didn't give them. I'm like, I don't need to know why, you're, why you don't like what you were doing. I want to know why you want to be a doctor.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, good stuff, good stuff.
1: Uh, we got another MCAT one.
0: Ooh, MCAT. Studying for the MCAT now, and I am following your advice from the MCAT podcast. Ooh, one of my millions, about the psych outline. And I was wondering if you had talked to Phil about approximately how long uh, with uh, this process will take. I am around 30% done with the outline and test end of September. feel like it should be enough. Your thoughts. I actually haven't talked to Phil about how long it would take. Rachel, do you have any thoughts?
1: I'm not sure I understand the question. Is it to get through um, the psych outline in the podcast
0: no so phil has a very specific um uh, a very specific process for psych uh okay. where like 20 ish percent of the students that he works with get a perfect score on psych mm-hmm. okay and so it's going through the double amc outline yep. line by line point by point and making sure you understand everything in it
1: got it yeah
0: so how long that will take, it probably depends on every student and how much time they have to dedicate to it.
1: Yeah. Well, and also what this person doesn't offer is when they began, right? So, I mean, everyone learns differently. Everyone has a different amount of time they can give per day, per week. Yep. And then I think, you know, I, I always get the students who say, well, I'm going to give 14 hours a day. And I'm like, yeah, but at what point do you just hit input overload? Yep. Um, I can do 14 hour days and learn, but can I do them for seven weeks? I can't. I mean, maybe you can, but somewhere in there, I need breaks. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that's what you took. I just mean this is why sometimes these questions are hard to answer because um, there's so many different factors in what, how long something is going to take. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you're going through the outline and you feel like, I mean, from the way you've heard of the question, it seems like you think you're on a good track. That's great. Um, and, go for it yeah. do it um we've got another one. Oh, this is from okay from the person who was asking about would it raise a red flag if they started their clinical work five months before they applied yep. so a little follow-up to clarify the question i don't know if it'll change the answer but we'll, <laughs> we'll put it out there because other people might be thinking the same thing
0: yep Follow-up, this is because I was involved in research and I explored other passions I had. I also did work part-time all four years. Do you still recommend taking a gap year? Explaining the situation might not raise the red flag. Hmm. So, the other passions. So, for me, the, the question is, were you exploring the other passions because you weren't sure you wanted to be a physician? Um in which case now you're jumping on board saying, okay, I'm ready to apply that. That timeline still seems very rushed to me. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. My question, my question would be, so you were doing research and you, and you said you were exploring other passions. So I'm wondering how did you explore other passions and did you explore other passions by doing things in those passions that helped you know that that wasn't something you wanted to really pursue and if you, if that's true, why didn't you do that with medicine at the, at the same time? Yep. Yeah. So what, you, why you did were you. were
0: doing that excluding medicine. Yeah. Why couldn't you include it? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, that's, exactly. that's. I don't uh, think, I don't think it changes my, my feeling about this uh, question.
1: No. And then, I mean, again, this may or may not help the original question asker, but just for everyone listening, if, if this fellow had a time machine or if mm-hmm. we're listening mm-hmm. to someone who's a rising freshman or a rising second year, or if you're a non-trad, you're three or four years out from hoping to start med school. When do you guys recommend people start getting clinical experience?
2: Right away.
0: As as soon as you go, maybe I want to be a doctor. Yeah, right away.
1: (laughs) Why why wait? Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I knew that would be the answer, but I wanted (laughs) to make sure that that was clear. So, I mean, what we're saying here is that that's a priority, because as as Ryan, I've heard you word this word it this way so many times, you're proving to yourself that you really want to be a doctor. Yeah. do it early. Do it consistently. Keep yep, doing, yeah. Yep. I,
0: I had a conversation Agreed. last week with a fifty plus year old lawyer, and he wants to be a physician. His dad died suddenly a few years ago, and he just kind of had this epiphany, like, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. And his first step was to go back and take classes. And he hasn't gotten any clinical experience or shadowing. And I said, mm. how the heck do you know that you really want to be a physician? You, you, you had this uh, obviously tragic event in your life and, and that sparked some, some reflection in your mind and you jumped at medicine, but is that really what you want? And so when when I say and, and Scott when you say as soon as possible when I say like as soon as you have that idea, it's it's not for medical schools. It's, it's to for make you. sure Absolutely. that you're not wasting your time doing all these med school prereqs, and you go. Oh, this isn't what medicine, I, what I thought sucks. medicine was like. Yeah, <laughs> I was just cleaning up poop and pee all day long. The doctors just sit behind the computer all day long talking to the insurance companies. This isn't fun, yeah. right? You ha- you have to go out and get that experience. It's it's. Uh, so many students have this jaded outlook about what medical school admissions is, and they think it's just jumping through hoops for the admissions office, and it's, it's not. It's for it's you. Not, yeah. It's
2: for you. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (sighs) Soapbox off. Yeah. All right. I'm really stressed about getting clinical experience because it seems like every hospital job requires some sort of prior experience or certification that I don't have. In terms of volunteering, there's no guarantee that hospital volunteers would give me the patient interaction I want. COVID also makes it impossible to get near patients. Any advice? Thanks, COVID. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: Damn, COVID. (laughs) Well, yeah. you know, I think that my experience with pre-med students uh, has has always been that they want to they want to get something that is exciting and gives them all kinds of cool interactions and everything from the get-go. Yeah. And and it just doesn't work that way. I, everyone, I, I, every,
0: I don't know if it's a generation thing, but it seems like everyone wants to start at the top. At
2: the top. Like, yeah. Why do I have to
0: go through all this training? I just want to be a doctor already. <laughs>
2: yeah, and just you know, I just uh, so I mean, I think you got to start where you can start, and yeah. you you start volunteering, and if that means you're answering the phone in the in the you know waiting room, then that's what you do, and and you work your way into to other things, and you yeah. show that you're that you're a hard worker, and and uh, so I, I think you have to start. Where you can start, and then you and then you begin to you network with with the doctor or with other doctors, and and you and you build you build things. It's like a career. It's like any kind of career uh, where you you don't start as a CEO unless you're Ryan, of course. But you go. No, I'm
0: kidding. Seven years in the making, buddy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. True. That is true. You uh, but you have to you have to start where you can start, and then and then you build from that. And so don't expect that you're going to be, you know, watching open heart surgery the first day you go in and and do something. So it's just, it just doesn't work that way.
0: This is Dr. Gray again, closing out. I hope you learned something from our session today. If you haven't yet checked out Mapped, I invite you to try it for free for two weeks by going to mapped.com slash podcast, track and navigate your journey to medical school using the only tool like it for pre-meds. We'll see you next week here on Ask the Dean.